0: Welcome to DBP, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch.
1: Welcome to episode two of DBP. Today, we are actually going to be tasting the Saldo wine from the Prisoner Wine Company and pairing this particular wine with the topic of what Saldo means in the Latin word, which is here. And there, so poetic, so poetic. So, Sarah, while I pop open this bottle of wine, I'm so excited. I know, I'm, I know. I love this wine. I've been staring at this bottle of wine at my house for like <laughs> the last. How? When did I buy it? Three weeks ago. I don't know. Yeah. So while you, I'd like you to explain why we decided to pair this sure. uh, with this topic. Uh, and yeah. open the bottle. So
0: saldo meaning from here and there, or here and there in Latin, um, or even balance. I've yeah. read that before, so basically, you know we want to talk a little bit about where we come from and introduce you guys to us and so I think Jamie and I, ooh, nice pop
1: this is soft one.
0: Jamie and I are um both a little bit from here and a little bit from there. We've moved around a ton, and how do we uh take the pieces of where we've been and bring them to who we are now and how do we incorporate all that and our background and so you know, I think that, <clears throat> I think that that has become a crucial point. It's <laughs> trying to be delicate. <laughs> Jamie's trying to be delicate, putting the wine out. I mean, don't be delicate. No, we're not delicate creatures. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're not so, snowflakes. We're not snowflakes. Now you know what a snowflake is. <laughs> I had to teach Jamie what the term snowflake meant in a previous life. Yes. Day. Anyways. <laughs> Going back to our topic at hand, um, so I think that that, you know, we really fit into what the description of Saldo is on the website, which, for the wine. So on the Prisoner, um, on the prisoner Wine website, Jamie is making faces at oh, the it's smells. Good. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good. It's good, guys. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, <clears throat> the description on the website, Saldo doesn't fit in, but that doesn't matter, When you're from, quote unquote, here and there, you don't need to form to one single place. That's the funny thing about expectations. They're made to be broken. Mm -hmm. I like it. So, I mean, I really do think that fits into our lives, you know, and I've definitely moved around a lot and I know you have as well. And I am, I can't, who I am isn't from one place or the other. Right. You, you just know, can't fit into... One... You
1: can't put like a... No. What is it? A, a square. Label. A square peg into a round hole? Is that the, is that the color wheel?
0: Yeah. We've what been drinking a little wine before. A little bit. People. Sorry. Like, so just give the,
1: Bear with us. But I mean to the point, like you can't just like put one stereotype to somebody because everybody draws from their experiences in a yeah. different way. And yeah. it shapes the person into who they are. Exactly. So... So that's why we've chosen
0: that topic with our Saldo wine. And not to say, I really do enjoy the wines from this winemaker, the Prisoner Wine Company, and, and the Prisoner, which that's another topic. I was going to say, I'm sure that people for another have another episode, of Prisoner at yes. least,
1: uh, so they might be familiar so, with that. So, here we go. Cheers. Cheers, bitches. Bitches. Mm.
0: mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're oh. just going to let this Oh, I'm gonna I'm going to let this but... open up. Let's, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about Zin. So, yeah. Celta wine is a Zin. And primarily the wines that are come Zinfandel.
1: from... Zinfandel. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm
0: sorry. Yeah. And a red Zinfandel, I should oh. clarify. Good point. <laughs> red Zinfandel. So, very, very different than what you would see or think about with a white Zinfandel, which is usually sweet and light Yes. Um, a red zin is much different. So, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, in the... a, di- a different episode. But <clears throat> zinfandel and primarily the wines that come from the Prisoner Wine <laughs> Company are zinfandel. <laughs> yep, that's pretty much it. And so usually it's from California. That's where you're going to find it. But Jamie, well, what? Where does it?
1: Where's the origin from? And I oh, ha- here we go. go okay, go so so I, zinfandel. As I learned, we had a Zinfandel tasting last week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're drinking another one just for you guys here. uh, And it's I mean, it's pretty delicious. Oh my god, it's so good. Um, But so Zinfandel actually originated in Croatia, and (laughs) I've been to Croatia. You my, did my honeymoon. honeymoon, and yeah. we we did taste wine there, and it was pretty amazing. I couldn't pronounce any of the names though. Maybe you drank one of these because guys, just listen. So it was originally it's the okay. long one. Yeah. Wait, so Jamie and it's I the short one first. Oh, we can't pronounce these. <laughs> if we
0: wanted so, to do them
1: justice, so, so we found a resource that will help yes. us pronounce. What's her name? Them. I'm not sure on the first one. Okay, all right, so. Zinfandel actually has different names depending on the country that it's it's being grown in. Uh, it's still the same grape. They're still identical in nature, in DNA, but uh, different names. So originally, like way, 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 way back. Croatia. In Croatia, it was known as? Tribidrag. <laughs> Tribidrag. <laughs> T-R-I-B-I-D-R-A-G. Yeah. But it is now presently known as? By uh, Iloi. Ilo... Our female friend
0: on Forvo.com.
1: Kastelansky.
0: Yeah, I don't got
1: that one. Well, but uh, I know that most, let's hear that again. Kastelansky. Kastelansky. I, I Kastelansky. think so. Um Super interesting. If you looked at it, I guarantee many people would not know how to pronounce that. No. Um, but from Croatia... Uh, this particular grape traveled to Italy, where it is known as Primitivo. And I
0: have to say, at our favorite restaurant yes. um, in Milwaukee, one of my favorites is, in a, is a very good Italian restaurant with our favorite bartender. Oh my gosh, Mike's the best! And he told us that Primitivo was in, and I was like, she didn't believe him. I was like,
1: she like Sa- like Sarah's mind was blown, especially blown, blown with that particular. I'm factua. like, what? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Because for our <laughs> listeners, I, and I said this to Sarah earlier, I was like, if you had to pick a wine for Sarah, it's a Zin. It's hands a down a Zin. Because you, you know why?
0: Way. It's sweet and spicy all at
1: once. It's all at it once. It really is a good, good wine. It's, it's pretty robust. It's like. It's deep and robust mm-hmm. and sweet and spicy. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So, um. <laughs> This deepness and robustiness and spiciness uh, comes from a lot of combinations that we've got here, and one thing that we we learned in terms of you know our little prep work is that the Zinfandel grape uh, it is a black skinned grape uh, hence the reason why it gives us such a beautiful like rubyish purplish color um, it is actually it it what's the word it ripens in a very interesting way.
0: Yeah, I was reading about this, and I had to read it a few times, actually. Um, So the grapes don't all ripen at the same time in the bunch. Like, not even remotely at the same time, Yeah, so some of them become raisiny while others are waiting to ripen. And so basically the winemaker has to wait until all of them are ripe and then deal with what he has, Mm -hmm. uh, he or she. Um, So because of that, you know, they do ferment the entire time, and there's high amounts of sugar, and therefore... High amounts of alcohol. Yep. That so this wine, for example, is a pretty high ABV alcohol by volume, and I believe it is—it's fifteen point nine percent.
1: Yeah, that's a doozy. We are
0: getting silly tonight, bitches. That's a doozy. A doozy. So I mean, like, that's a lot. That's high. I don't know where to put this wine. <laughs> I'm just
1: gonna keep it here. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep it in my lap. <laughs> Wouldn't that? You guys, I I love this wine so much. I I want to I want to hug it. I feel like I'm gonna fall off your bench. I feel like I'm gonna
0: cradle this wine like a baby. There we go. I'm so
1: afraid I'm gonna fall off your bench backwards.
0: That would be pretty hilarious. And if you do, I really hope that our listeners can know doctors and that I can see it. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) um. So, anyways, that's. Excuse me. That's that's the interesting thing about Zen is that it's you're usually going to get a high alcohol wine. Which because, I mean, if you need yeah. more bang for your buck, seriously, so go for this, it. This
1: this is anywhere between I think I saw like twenty five to thirty dollars for this bottle of wine on average. I oh, I got know. it on sale, lady. Of course you did.
0: I got it on sale for twenty dollars. Shut up. Which is pretty good. Um, but yeah, usually your Zen is going to be. Uh, higher alcohol
1: contents. Um, so also, sorry. One thing that I learned from our wine tasting the mm-hmm. other night that the higher the alcohol that's listed on the label, the higher rate that something might be taxed. And so, oh yeah. So that also probably contributes to. I mean, the price of the actual bottle of that's wine. That's true. Like, yeah. Put it, tossing that into so. so, so some, anyway, yeah. Some of your goods might be a little
0: more expensive for that reason. Um, and usually Zin's are a lot of black fruits, mm-hmm. a lot of, and you get that spice at the end. Yeah, you do. But you get that sweetness. Smokiness. Um, Some of them are unoaked and jammy, and others are more oaked and full-bodied. So I'm tell feeling... us a little bit about the oaking and what that does. So oaking, depending on how new your oak is, can impart flavor to your wine. Yeah. So depending on how long you keep the wine in the oak barrel, you'll get like elements of vanilla. Um, and things like that. And so like the older your oak is, the less, uh, flavor right. that your oak is going to impart on the wine. And so right. that's why, and then depending so on they the type of neutral oak. Then, right. Right. So the type of oak that you have also, like whether you have French oak or American oak depends on Hungarian also. oak. Yeah. is Another option. Yeah. Also
1: in parts of the taste. So that's a little bit about oak people. Yeah. yeah. So that, I mean, so you can see how then some of that spiciness like mm-hmm. is pulled and I'm going to venture to say without getting too much into it, cause we'll talk about it in just a little bit. But like, I think that this wine was definitely oaked at some point. I agree. I was just thinking that I was thinking that I'm getting that it vanilla. Aged for a while because it's not, mm-hmm. it's not a ton of vanilla. Like I actually feel like it's a little bit more
0: clovey. Maybe. So what year are we drinking? But we're drinking a 2016 vintage. So this has so actually not, not that been long. that long, which means that it's probably well done, but we do have some of that oak yeah. in there. I think that's where I'm getting. I'm getting a little bit of vanilla and a, and some spice. Yeah. And some sweetness. So, hey, we're getting into the tasting earlier than we thought, but yeah, there we fine. go. That's fine. This that is happened. This is what you get, <laughs> bitches. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I do. I, I do also get that fruit taste to it.
1: For sure, and I think now that we know a little bit more about how this particular wine uh, grows, like how this grape ripens, it makes a little bit more sense because I do feel like it's not quite as fresh fruit that I'm tasting. Yeah. I feel like I'm tasting a little bit more dry fruit, so more of that raisiny character, definitely. And I feel like that's also where we're going to get that sweetness, right? So you open up that box of old made raisins, like you're gonna get like a little. It's kind of like a little bit of that taste, I think. Yeah. Slightly sweet, but not overbearing.
0: Almost like a a residual syrup. Yes.
1: That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah, You get that
0: residual syrup, but not in a bad way. I really do enjoy this wine. (sighs) So what would you pair this with, food-wise?
1: Sorry, as I take a a gulp. Um, So this wine could pair... First of all, you don't have to pair it with anything. It drinks well by itself. It does. Um... But I think that it could actually pair really well with a lot of different foods because it's fruity, because it has a, a, you know, it's like probably medium tannins, um, eh, maybe medium, low to medium acidity. I do think it's going to pair well with a lot of different types of foods, especially some of those like heartier dishes, some things that are like tomato, perhaps the chili that's cooking right now. Mm. Um, But I think that that spiciness... I'll say this. I think that because this is a spicier wine, maybe it's not going to pair as well with spicier foods because it might... You know how spice time But build? sometimes they also say that like... It complements. Like
0: you, you choose the taste of the wine with the taste of the food. Right. That to been, match it yes, a little. But I, don't, I agree with you. I don't know like if I want to have this with something pretty spicy. Like even Indian food. I'm not sure. But oh, some, I don't
1: think that I would pair this with Indian. But some people say that you should.
0: I, I don't sure. I don't think so. I feel like this would be really good with like a chicken carbonara.
1: Yeah. Or like oh, I think um, a good I mean a good steak. Like anything on the grill. I something think something with a little really bacon. Good. Oh. Yes. I know. Or like <laughs> I, I agree,
0: like a tomato based stew. Yeah. Like I think that that would be really good. Like some like really good like French
1: Yeah, stew. I think this could also cut well with like more like, creamy pasta sauces, yeah. too, don't you and think? And that's where I get that carbonara, I think, from. Yeah.
0: And so, uh, recently, we had a zin tasting with our girlfriends. We, yeah, had we did. It was a lot of fun. And I made uh, some filet mm-hmm. um, that we sliced up with some uh, rosemary redskin potatoes. Oh, my God. Those were amazing.
1: <laughs> I, seriously, they were, like, some of the best
0: potatoes I've ever had in my life. It's the truffles. Also... Oh. You have to cook them in the oven. You, you, everyone dice them up. Rosemary. <laughs> cooking show with DVP. Yep. <laughs> A little bit of olive oil. Put them in the oven. When does truffle salt go on? So That's the truffle salt. Oh okay. yeah. And then you keep that in there. like you, you want to take them out. Don't. Like keep them in there until they're like crispy that's the key like good brown like good brown yeah like so we had we had those and some filet and some no it was green beans and yeah it was green beans
1: Mm, how much wine
0: did I drink (laughs) um but I do think that you know the 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 filet and the potatoes and the zin really they all complemented each other pretty well
1: yeah
0: um so anyways that's a little bit about food and wine pairing there uh, so, so there we go for that. Um, so moving on a little bit to our topic here. Yeah. So Jamie, yes. Tell me where, you know, where have you been in life?
1: <laughs> well, 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 let me start from the beginning. Okay. Um, so I actually grew up outside of Chicago. Okay. Lived the majority of my life there, and Mm -hmm. then I studied. Oh my god, I studied. Yeah, I went to college. I went to undergrad in St. Louis, Missouri. What did you study, Jamie? (sighs) Marketing and entrepreneurship. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was actually wonderful. And I, 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 gosh, I love St. Louis a lot. We have a lot of you. Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of friends that still live down there. Close family friends that are down there. It's great. But I actually, from I mean, I've pretty much been stateside, but. I did study abroad in Australia, which I did mention on our first episode. Um, I love I, the fact that you use the word stateside. Oh, thank you, <laughs> stateside. Yes, you sound so well traveled. I, I do, but it's funny because I haven't even traveled that much. But I'm stateside, I'm stateside at this side. moment, as opposed to abroad. Oh my god, uh, I am abroad <laughs> though. Right, the drunk uh-huh. bitches broads podcast. <laughs> and, <laughs> So uh, if anyone wants to tell their parents
0: that they're listening to DVP and you don't want to say the word bitches, you can say broads. That's, their parents, that's their husbands, words. their friends, whatever. That's fine. But we're fine with the word bitches and I think you should scream it out,
1: out your window. But if... Pass the wine, bitches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I lived in Australia, uh, Melbourne, which is like the southern, southeast. And um, how long, how long mm-hmm. were you there for? Like four and a half, five months. Very cool. Yeah. And then I came back to St. Louis Hung out there for a little bit longer, came back to Chicago, and found myself in Wisconsin. Went down to the place that shall not be named, central Illinois, and then, thank God, came all the way back up to Wisconsin. And it's, I mean, so essentially, at heart, I'm a Midwestern girl. I'm used to snow. That doesn't mean I like it. Um, But I, I actually feel very fortunate that I got to study abroad in Australia, and I took advantage of that opportunity. But I do think that doing that kind of opened, like, a different door in my life. Right. Yeah. I learned a little bit more about myself from doing that.
0: Okay. I think I think that that is fair because, you know, once you kind of see a different culture and live in a different culture, you do learn things about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you learn about, you know, what you take for granted. Yes. As well as, like, what can you, what do we as Americans, what can we do better or learn yeah. from other cultures as well? So yeah. um, so what about you? Me? Well, I was born in Flint, Michigan. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, I can't Pre-water. say that with a straight face. Pre-water situation.
0: Pre-water. I, I I, have, you know, I don't have any lead poisoning <laughs> issues. Just be thankful I didn't actually have a mouthful of wine right then. <laughs> <laughs> it was super close. Um But no, props to Flint, you know. I think Flint is, it's an underrepresented city. Um, but I only actually was there for a few, like, first year of Short my term, life. Yeah. So I, I don't remember Flint, Michigan. Uh, and then I was in East Lansing. Was there for, until I was eight and then seven. And then we moved to the Detroit area
1: mm-hmm. of
0: Michigan. So I grew up there pretty much for the most part. And then I went to college at Michigan State University. Go green? Yeah.
1: Well, if you were smart, you, yeah, you would that means. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. I, I don't know anything about sports, especially college sports. So. Uh,
0: yeah. And then I went to University of Michigan for graduate school. And then I went to Ohio. I was in Ohio for a couple of years. I That's right. lived in Toledo for a year, and then I lived in Columbus where I did uh, my residencies. So mm-hmm. I am a pharmacist by training. Um, and I should say also during my training, I did do a six week stint in England. Um, when you have family there, I do have family there. So my family is everywhere. My family is in England and Canada and Germany and Portugal
1: here, there and, and everywhere. everywhere. Yes guys saldo saldo but i'm just gonna say every time i think about it i think of that beatles song here there and everywhere oh my Uh, god i just love it it's so pretty and you and didn't you play it at your wedding we had so we had everybody sign vinyl albums uh at Mm -hmm. our wedding as like our guest book if you will and just so cool. one of the albums was the beatles revolver album which has the song here there there and everywhere." everywhere So, anyway. It all comes full circle. It comes full circle. So everything in
0: life. Yep. And so, after that, I came here to Milwaukee. And then... The place my, that shall not be my named. My husband brought me to the place that shall not be named. Uh, and then, you know, back here in Milwaukee. So, I mean, I definitely feel like I'm from here, there, right. and everywhere. To, and to, to further complicate the issue is my family, my parents are um, immigrants. So, I am first generation. So... Yeah. You know, my father's a physician and everything, but we are, I'm of Middle Eastern culture. And so yeah. bringing that all into the mix, you know, it really is sometimes interesting to identify with one you area. Am I, am I, am I from Michigan? Am I Middle Eastern? Am I, you know, a Wisconsinite? No. Is that Wisconsinite?
1: Yeah, I think that's right.
0: Because we say Michigander.
1: <gasps> Dude, I <I'm> just <laughs> learned that at my conference. I work with like five people
0: from Michigan. Did they point to their hand on yes. where were from? And I was like, I don't know what that You're means. You're like, I'm sorry.
1: Who I don't know Michigan you? that well. Yeah. But I just learned it's a. because I was like, I said, you know, I'm an Illinoisian. That's oh, is that what east. you say? Mm-hmm. Oh. And uh, Wisconsinite. And then... Uh, I said, what are you, a Michiganite? And they go, oh, no, it's a Michigander. Oh, yeah. Say
0: what? Yeah, they're like, I'm sorry, how do you not know that? Like, who are you? They were pretty nice. But Michigan, I mean, Michigan's a great state. I love Michigan. There are so many good things. There's there's
1: lakes and apples and
0: wineries and
1: cherries. And And Tim Allen doing the uh, commercials for Pure Michigan. They are really good, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, it makes you want to go. I know, and I love Tim Allen, so...
0: Yeah, he actually lived like ten from my house. Yeah, Detroit area. We got a lot of celebrities over there, you know, Eminem and such. Anyway, <laughs> but me saying we like, I haven't lived in Michigan in several years, so I, I do feel like I. But you I, still associate yourself. I do. With the, I associate you myself. Can't with it. extract that part. No, but I don't associate myself. With Ohio and the, and I think that has a lot to do with the Michigan Ohio you know oh sure yeah the rivalry yeah But the rivalry still. but I mean like I lived there I know it but it's different I feel like being here now for several years in Milwaukee Wisconsin I didn't know anything about this place I
1: didn't either and I was from like an hour and a half south
0: right of here. and I was I mean we always went to Chicago. From Detroit, but like we didn't Never know it was Milwaukee. Past that. We're like, wait, what? I know. I mean, I had to look at it on this is so embarrassing, you guys. I had to look at it on a map when I got the job here. I was like, wait, I'm sorry, where is, is this? this? But I will say it's all Midwest.
1: <laughs> it <laughs> is. So
0: we're primar- I'm primarily from the Midwest, but you know, so what was new for you when you moved here? Like I think I had some like different culture shock phase so, so or not a culture shock but just like you oh know, huh that's different
1: yeah, yeah you know it's actually interesting I was on cool. the phone with one of my girlfriends earlier today and we were kind of talking about like you know at the point in time like long distance relationships mm-hmm, if you will mm-hmm. and um you know when I actually first came up and started spending a lot of time here prior to my moving here I, I really didn't know many people. I, I was really unfamiliar with the city and I was a little scared and nervous to just like kind of put myself out there. Yeah. But the one thing that I learned really early on, and I it's just continued to be cemented into, you know, what I think about Milwaukee mm-hmm. is that I feel like this particular location is it's just a lot friendlier. I think that there is um, a more laid back approach to life up here in Wisconsin. And I, for anybody who, who knows me personally, I am like a type A, like, um, I, I like give myself, I get crazy (laughs) about some, I get crazy. Like I'm a planner person. I like to have things figured out. I, um, you know, I like to be in the know. I'm not like a, fly by the seat of my pants. I'm not... Passive. You're not passive. I'm not passive. I'm yeah. also not... I don't usually like impromptu things. Like, spot, like not that I don't like spontaneity, but I really do like to be kind of informed or have, like, something for you. Like, what am I doing next weekend? Okay, well, I like to have that planned. I like to have mm-hmm. it planned a few weeks out. Yeah. I also still travel quite a bit. So, um, one thing that I think I've learned from this place, from Milwaukee, and just try to ingrain in my lifestyle a little bit more. It's sort of that laid back approach and like kind of like the, Hey, random things come up. Let's just go do it. Are Let's you, just are experience. Are it. you having a beer?
0: Um, at 11 a.m. On a Wednesday? No, you, no, but you could, but I could, and no one would judge you here. That's not here. Thing. No, they definitely would not. That's, I mean, I think so. Some of the things I agree with you,
1: You lived downtown too, so you were. I I feel like you were like more in the heart of it. I've I've always been in the burbs. Yeah, I lived downtown
0: for four years in the third ward, um, and it's such a cool vibe. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, everyone here is so nice, and it's easy to make friends. I mean, I made more friends here than I did, I think, in college. Like, I really. I mean, yeah, I made a lot of friends here. I still have everyone
1: I met in college in my phone book.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. My best, my two best friends like are from college, but I mean, I just was surprised at how many people I met at this stage of my life, I guess, when I moved here. Um, everyone's so nice. You go, you walk in, even now I walk in anywhere and people just start talking to you like all the time. And so that was really cool. Um, (laughs) you know, and then there's certain like Milwaukee culture things where you're like, and as, as my husband likes to say, like everyone just likes to get Comfortably drunk here Like Which is true It's like People just like Like There's no There's no big Nightclub scene here Right Like No Not really No It's a big bar scene Yeah But it's not a big Nightclub scene Because people just Want to like Hang out And be your neighbor And be your friends And just like Wear those comfortable jeans
1: Dude I was just gonna say That Yeah Comfortable Aspect of it Like I mean, going from Chicago proper, like downtown Chicago, listen, I don't have the time or the energy or the money to go out and buy all those cute outfits and put on all of that makeup and do my hair. Guess what? My hair is going in a ponytail. Well, here's the thing. Some days I I enjoy that.
0: I for don't. Sure.
1: I get too stressed. That stresses me out. Really? I
0: I enjoy that some days, but it is nice to know that you have the option to just go out however you want and no one will judge you. You can honestly wear jeans. But you like could wear whatever you wanted. wanted. Like you could wear a skirt and heels or you could wear
1: jeans. And exactly. Like, no one would care. Nobody bats an eye at no. anything. I mean, yeah, nobody bats an eye really at anything. I mean, yeah. And again, to your point, everybody just talks to you. Like I feel like, and I don't know what it's like in Detroit area, but like. In Chicago, I felt, I do, I mean, I do kind of feel like there's like a pretentious, like, or like cold shoulder almost that's given. Like, I remember Mm -hmm. when I lived downtown, I would see people on the, on the street, right? Mm -hmm. And listen, before I went to St. Louis, like for college, I didn't know North from South. I didn't, I was like, like directionally challenged. I still am. My dad was very (laughs) upset with me. (laughs) I do you not know north from south. I'm like, I don't know, Dad. But St. Louis, for whatever reason, is where I learned how to, you know, figure out my map and like right. get my bearings. Your map. My map. Mm. You love your map. I do. Um, we'll get you a map.
0: I need a map, guys. I need a DVP map. We'll do it. Maybe Jamie will get me one.
1: We'll do it. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be fun. I have some ideas floating through my head. Okay, so But when I came back to Chicago, I was in the suburbs, but then I moved downtown. And I remember, it took me a while to kind of get the streets right, you know, figure out the grid system in Chicago. But let me tell you, you could spot a tourist, a lost tourist, a mile away. It's I mean, it's like not a joke. And the amount of tension that grew between like two tourists together trying to figure out where the hell they were supposed to be going, it was like uncomfortable to witness and so I remember like walking up to people and saying I'm sorry do you need help figuring out where to go and it's like the number of people that walked past them in like the last like two minutes that like I was I could see them it's amazing that not one other person stopped to like offer help or that they didn't feel comfortable turning and saying excuse me do you mind like could you help me figure out where I'm going that would never happen here in right. Milwaukee like I, I feel like if you you could stop anybody and they'd be like oh yeah you're gonna I go completely here. agree that actually happened to me when I was in France Sean and I were like super super lost we had our map out Sean mm-hmm. was like you're such a tourist oh my god Right. we had this huge map out and this woman just comes up to me and, she, and she's very French and she's like am so, do you need help Finding somewhere, and I was like, Oh my god, yes, please. You're like, Where am I? <laughs> she, this walked in France. she walked us, she walked us two years. Seriously, the block, I swear to god. And I was like, Trying to pay her, she goes, Oh my god, no. She's like the nicest woman. Same thing happened in Helsinki, Finland. Nicest woman, this pregnant woman with like a two year old, like pushing in a stroller. She's like, Do you know how finding something? And we're like, Yeah. And she, we thought she was just gonna point us. She walked us straight up to like this thing in the rocks, Church in the rocks, something like that. Hmm nice i think that there are just these like huge cosmopolitan areas in the states i'm gonna venture to say it's mostly within the states that there's just sort of that unwelcoming nature Uh, london's like that no no offense to my my
0: british cousins and my british family but london is like that it it is can be very cold um i do love it but it, it can be so I mean I guess the point is is that you know you take these like pieces from all these, these places you've nuggets, been yeah. you know because I I enjoy Chicago but I see what you're saying about it you know it is different in that sense and I love
1: the city um, but you see sort of that like the, the differences and you take nature, and you're yeah like, I'm gonna I'm gonna change that and I'm gonna take this right. from you know Milwaukee but can Milwaukee.
0: you go with the flow in a big city you can why because you have been in Chicago and you know how that goes you know yeah and you're you're used to it and you're and I mean, I think we both enjoy that city aspect. I think... Yeah, you're right. But, you know, and the theater and the shopping and... The accessibility. You know, the accessibility to like and so the people much. and the cultures. However, we want that small town feel that we get here yeah. with, like, everyone being friendly and it's yeah. walkable and everyone has their dog out and, like, you know, Sunday afternoons are so chill um, and all that stuff. So... You know, so some of the things that I think about Milwaukee when I first moved here that I thought were interesting, um, the whole Bloody Mary and Beer Chaser. So my sister-in-law, my sister-in-law, my brother and sister-in-law came here a few weeks ago to visit. They went out to brunch when I was at work and, um, they got bloodies and they, you know, in perfect Milwaukee style, they gave her a little Beer Chaser and she was like, what is this? And she's like, I'm sorry. It's a baby beer. What is this for me? And he's like, oh, you're in Milwaukee. Like, you get a side beer with your Bloody Mary. And she was like, oh, okay. And I... <laughs> Where did they go? Uh, they went to the um, St. Paul's Fish Market in the public oh, okay, market. okay, okay. Yeah, and so, like, I just think that's funny because, like, right now that's just, like, normal. But, like, I get it because when I first moved here, I was like, what? And the other thing... That really like there's a few things that threw me for a loop here. One, when I was in spin class one day and the instructor was like, Oh well, you know, if you guys need a bubbler, it's right outside the the, oh, the studio stop it. and I'm like Say what? What the hell is a bubbler?
1: You're like, I don't need bubbles. I don't need like A bubble fountain. And everyone's
0: like, oh, okay. And I'm like, am I
1: going crazy? Like, what is a bubbler? It's a fountain. It's a
0: water fountain. It's it's a a water fountain. It's a drinking fountain, fountain, people. Why didn't you just call it a
1: drinking fountain? So I had never actually heard it used in regular no, there's not. I had never used it in like regular terms until I was in the restroom at the Milwaukee Airport, like two weeks ago. I've heard i Have you heard Time Machine? What? Wait, have you not heard this? No, but... Okay,
0: it? everyone, I'm about to blow your mind who's not from Milwaukee. Wait, Or Wisconsin. So... A time machine is an ATM. Okay. Shut up!
1: <laughs> you have to be
0: kidding! No. So, the first... Like, one of the first... <laughs> one of the first banks here was Time. T-Y-M-E. <gasps> and so, it. they used to call the, the bank, the ATM, the Time Machine...
1: I get okay, it.
0: So the first time that I'm walking down the street here and someone came up to me and goes, hey, do you know where a time machine is? And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, a crazy person. You're like, you've been watching a little too much of Doctor Who, right? Isn't there a time machine there? And I was like, a crazy person has escaped a mental institution Holy and God. I need to call the police. <laughs> oh my God.
1: What did you do? How I did you just, respond to I it? was just like...
0: oh what? No, I don't, I, I don't know. And I'm like, <laughs> play it off, play it off, play it, cool. off play it off. play it And so then Adam told me, he's I've like, oh that. yeah, that like is an ATM. And I'm like, oh, so if you ever hear someone say, and this is probably just here. I was just going to say not outside. Do you know where a time North. machine is? It is an ATM. Holy cow. I just, I told you I was just about to blow your mind. You definitely did. Yeah. You definitely So those, you know, that's another interesting little, hey, Milwaukee tidbit. So those are some of the things where I, when I first moved here, I'm like, these people are crazy. And the fact that they call Soda Soda. Because we in Michigan, we, see now I'm saying we,
1: call it pop. That's what I grew up with. So it's interesting. I, with respect to that, I, I don't really know any more like what I call it. I think I called it pop. (laughs) But like truly, I mean, I remember when I moved to St. Louis, right? So I'm a Midwest person. I remember when I moved there, I was in like pre-orientation at WashU and there were all these people in my group and they go, "God, you you speak really weird." <laughs> and You're like, oh, I was just "Good like, to meet you." Say what? And they're from like the East Coast. Uh-huh. One of them was from Florida, and I was like, "What do you mean I speak weird?" Like you have an accent. And I was like,
0: so I'm from the you. fucking
1: Midwest people. Like, we are in the Midwest. We're, like, four hours south.
0: Wait, and and this St. Louis?
1: There. Yes. Do you think
0: St. Louis is the Midwest, though? I yes. feel like it's kind of south. Like, no. they have so- southern tendencies in the sense that, like, my sister lives there now. And they have... Her sister lives, like, four blocks from where I actually used yeah. to live. Like, it's kind of funny. That well, that's I do feel like... You know, and I've been there now a few times. They, li- they live a more... A, uh, They're slower. It depends. In the sense of like, they're not in a rush to get anywhere, which is a good thing. But it's not the Midwest style. Like, I feel like
1: we're always kind of like more go, go, go. I don't think... And... I think that's just a big city style. The go, 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 I mean. But St. Louis is a city. St. Louis is still a pretty small city. Like, so after graduating, I worked downtown. But let me tell you, though, their entire downtown, while I was there, which I left in 2009, but... While I was there, it basically all of downtown shuts down at six or seven p.m. Yeah, Everything. and also,
0: also, I will say this: that makes them I feel not as Midwestern. Is they have no idea what to do with snow.
1: Oh my god!
0: They don't know. The no, whole they don't. Place shuts down. I know, and it's like, and I feel like that is a Southern thing.
1: My roommates and I one time sat in my car, in my car with the seed heaters on and the hot air blasting to melt off the two inches of snow that was on my car and as our heat was out in, like, our apartment or house or whatever the hell you want to call it. I mean, they, they like, shut everything down. They don't know how like, to operate. Yeah. And it's really sad because I, they're still like that. Like, we, Sean and I go down frequently. Um, my sister-in-law lives down there with her family and, you know, we love to go spend time with them. And that's just one thing that, you know... We expect we were just down for this past Christmas, and lo and behold, it's like it snowed like the two days that we were down for and Christmas no one knew what to do, and it was it was actually kind of nice for me because I was like, oh, it's actually a white Christmas. This is really cute. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, but nobody knows how to drive, yeah. and they don't plow the streets because they don't have as many snow plows as they need, and whatever. I mean, I don't know that I would call it south like southern living, though. I still think that it's pretty Midwest, but. I also think that living, like going to Wash U, like I do think there's more of a bubble that, and I do. I'm just gonna say this: I grew up very naive. I, um, I, I didn't realize things that were happening in my high school, like you know, on the other side of the bathroom stall, if you will. I oh. like, you know, I there. What was, was happening on the other side of the no, bathroom? I stall. well, I know so I know for a fact that like. My brother, again, he's four years older. He, when he was in high school, all the bathroom stalls were like halvesies. Okay. And, no, I'm sorry. They were full length. And then they cut them to halvesies because too many people were smoking uh, in the bathroom stalls. and then you could see what everyone else was doing. Well, so the deterrent by cutting the stalls in half were that you could see everything. Which is good and bad. Right. I was just going to say. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword. But like, you know, I I was naive. I really did not think that anybody drank. I didn't think that anybody took drugs. I didn't think any of that stuff happened. And then I went to college and I still thought that. Oh, sweetie. I know. I know. I know. But like Wash U itself is sort of like on its campus. And the way that it's designed and part of the great appeal that I found with it is that it's just like... It is a community in and of itself, and it pulls people from all over the place, internationally, nationally. Like our professors were from all over. It was. I thought that it was a really great experience, but I also found that like I didn't really understand what was happening in St. Louis outside of WashU. Gotcha. Uh, we were very sheltered there, if you will, until somebody broke into my basement. Bye that's a different story. Okay.
0: So how would you say, what pieces of each place have you brought in and, and who do you identify with? Do you identify with one place? Like, do you consider yourself a Chicagoan? Do you consider yourself, you know, a Wisconsinite or
1: what do you consider yourself? This is such a great question. Like and when I, someone asks you where you're from. I'm just not sure. I'm still like of the newness of living here, where like when somebody's okay. When somebody asks me, oh oh like are you gonna <clears throat> where are you from? I still say I'm from Chicago. Okay. Like I'm still like from there. That's I spent the majority of my life there. I feel like all of whether it was the suburbs, the city, whatever. Cultivating me into a large portion. Some people would say that if you lived in the suburbs, you're not really from Chicago. I've heard that argument too. I, I mean, and I'll I'll agree with that. Mm -hmm. And I think there are certain suburbs that, you know, lend themselves to be more equivalent to living in the city. Evanston, sure. Mm -hmm. But at this, but like, I mean, I was Southwest suburbs. I didn't even know about half of the suburbs that are north of me until I went to college in St. Louis and I met people from there, and I was like. What the hell is Glencoe? I don't know what that means, but it's a place and I've driven through it now. Yeah. But it's funny because even when like I'm at, I'm here Mm -hmm. in Milwaukee, like I'll tell Sean, I'll be like, Oh, I'm going home. Like for the next week. And he's like, aren't you home? He doesn't. No. Well, maybe because he and I are both like grew up like in the same place, but like, I'll be like, Oh, I'm going to be home next week. There is like a, a common understanding that home, when I say it here, is, is Chicago. But, but when I say, oh, I'm going to be going home there. on Sunday, in when I'm in like the Chicago suburbs, everyone knows I'm talking about Milwaukee. Right. It's interesting. But so when I'm out and about, I just say, oh, I'm from Milwaukee. Okay. That's, I tell everybody that now. Yeah. And I think, not that I don't want to be associated with Chicago, because I do think that, you know, there's a lot that, goes on there like I still feel like it's a huge part of me but I'm from Wisconsin like I'm proud to like I want to be more relaxed and more of that cheese and beer (laughs) let me tell you it didn't take me long to just like like literally my diet consists of cheese at every meal can I can I say though I
0: mean I I do enjoy the beer culture here but wine is still in my heart I mean like I just can't I can have a beer here and there, and I enjoy going and seeing the breweries. It fills you up so
1: much. It's a lot. I can't. Yeah. So anyway, but what about you? I mean, like, yeah, it's it's a little. You are actually a little bit
0: further spread out,
1: and with your with your family and your heritage.
0: Yeah. So it is hard for me. I do think you know. I primarily always said I was from Michigan, and still sometimes. I mean, I have to change my car license plate and my driver's license. Yeah, you do. Still say Michigan. Um, and so it was it is hard for me to move away from that, I feel, um, because I have always been proud to be from Michigan and the Detroit area. Um, but but again, it's not Detroit, my parents are there, um, but the suburbs, you know, but then I have my, my ethnicity where I identify with that a lot and the food and the culture because my parents came here when I was, you know, right before I was born, I I did grow up with a lot of those aspects of the culture. And so you know, a lot, I didn't grow up with hamburgers and I mean, I grew up with, with Middle Eastern food. Yeah. And so like, that was the staples for my household. Um, and so I bring that to the table too. So it it is a little bit interesting. Um, but you know, I agree with you in saying that, like I am becoming more comfortable saying, Hey, I'm from Milwaukee. Yeah. Like there's a lot of aspects here that I identify with now that I didn't when I first moved here. And so I I do think, you know, as we say with the wine, from here and there, you bring aspects of everything. So my backgrounds, you know, the reason that we're... (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) Computer My computer's telling me my account settings are uh, out of date. Oh, Uh, no. So, um, but I will say, yeah, I mean, like, from here and there, you know, whether the culture coming with the food and just some of, like... I mean, sometimes Adam's like, what, like, the mindset that, you know, sometimes I have is a little bit different, I think. Um, But
1: I was just going to say, so remember that other podcast that we were listening to earlier today, Mm -hmm. and that girl who said that she just needs to live in the moment. I feel like that, like, if you just, if you just live in the moment, you are just experiencing what is around you at that point in time. But truly as a human being, it's beneficial for you to continue to remember and pull and draw from all of those experiences subconsciously. Sure. Like you're not going to be like, Oh, but what would I have done if I lived here? But you are going to take all of those experiences, your heritage, your culture. Like I have a German Polish, mostly Czechoslovakian background what can, what do we pull in like that we grew up with? Yeah. That just helps form and shape us and like create some of those, um, like our values. Yeah. And I agree. Like, I think you do live in the
0: moment in the sense that like, enjoy life, like enjoy every moment. Um, but it does, it is a melds. It's like, it's a melting pot and you're, I feel like I am a melting pot. Like I have this strong Middle Eastern cultural background. Right. Yeah, And then, you know, Christian background and then, you know, all these places I've lived yeah. and where I've grown up and, you know, now I'm married to someone with a, with a strong German background. Mm-hmm. And my family is primarily in England and everywhere else. Yeah. So, you know, you take a little bit of each of it and it, you become your own person and, you know, you do, you do take the good from all those places. And I feel like it's, it is interesting how you really become a well-rounded adult in a sense. And yeah, I, I feel like I'm lucky to have all those experiences and have the background to be able to say that. Cause you know, you're not closed minded and you know, I, I think I have encountered times where people have been closed minded towards me and you know, and just like where are you from and all these things and trying to explain it all and it gets complicated, but I mean, I enjoy it and yeah, I I say now I'm from Milwaukee, and it's become more permanent now that I'm a homeowner. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Change your <laughs> idea. Do you like, it right? does. <laughs> it's like uh oh, game changer, homeowner, <laughs> aka living here for real now, as for opposed realities. to being a rental, a yeah. renter. For you know, I rented here for four years. Um, but yeah, so so I think with everybody and all our listeners, as as you move through life, like take those pieces, take. Take a little bit. And as, as much as you travel too, like I've traveled so many places and you take a piece from all
1: those, yeah those, um, but sites, you definitely do. And I think too, I mean, just given with, given, I, first of all, I think that, you, you know, you described yourself as a melting pot. I think that a lot of that resonates with probably a large majority of the population. Right. Right. I mean, we all came from somewhere else, right? America. Yeah. Right. So, But the thing is, like, even through, like, times of struggle and adversity, like, you can still take pieces of, like, that point in time. Maybe you moved. Maybe you changed a job. Maybe you, uh, I don't know, accepted something new in your life. Uh, You should still... You can still take something that you experienced before and kind of keep it sort of in that back pocket as, like, a nice little reminder. Almost like a collage of, like, your experiences. Yeah. But also just... The continuing to try to be open to new experiences, new people that you meet, new perspectives. You know, I think that it's... Everyone is from here, there, and everywhere. And I think that every... I'm going to continue to quote the Beatles song, even though it's here and there, um, for Saldo. But I think that, you know, everybody is from here and there. And we also... We need, just need to be accepting of the fact that, like, no nobody has... Everybody has a unique background, right? Yeah. And I think that we need to sort of explore that and acknowledge that and almost congratulate that. Yeah. No, I think it's really cool nowadays because like, nowadays, (laughs) Um,
0: because like, You know, I don't think that was the case in the past that, you know, travel is so easily accessible and people move more and more now for jobs Mm -hmm, and things mm -hmm. like that. And so you do every day meet more people that are not from here, that are from other places. And what can you learn from that? What can you learn from them? And what can you learn from yourself in the process as you move through these things in these places? Like I know I have to stand on your own two feet and to like... To be open to another community that you didn't grow up in, yeah. Um, to be open to another way of life and another, you know, another people. I think learning your new
1: limits, yeah, and it, the highs and lows, yeah.
0: I encourage all you young people out there and old <laughs> to go and live somewhere for a few months and, you know, somewhere you've always wanted to go and experience it. Or just like the map. Going back to the map, dart it to the map, dart. Take a dart, throw it on the map, where do you want to go for a few weeks, and learn from those people, and what, you know, what can you take away from that, so, so, that being said, um, in our last few minutes of
1: this podcast, Jamie, do you want to tell me how you feel about this wine? Oh, my God, Uh, well, I really like this wine, I think we've, we've done a good number on the bottom, Uh, you guys, (laughs) You have
0: no idea how much we've drank out of this bottle in the past uh, 51 minutes. But it's it is pretty good.
1: It's a pretty good portion. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so this wine, I do think it's uh, it's a good smokiness. Oh. That so went at the very beginning of the episode. I was like, yes. Mm. I was making faces because the smell is like unbelievable. There's like the undertones of like the red fruits. It's so smooth. I have to say it is very smooth. It still has some tannins, but again, it's I think end, yeah, but I think that it's like a, it's a well-balanced, yeah, saldo, balance, right? Right. It's a well-balanced wine. Um, you kind of get, again, as you've said a few times today, like the sweetness, the robustness of it, the fruitiness, the smokiness, it sort of like covers all of the perspectives and all of the different, uh, the different... Dimensions of a wine, if you will. Dimensions. That could just be the alcohol talking, but. Whatever. <laughs> um, so I would give this. I mean, I think this is like a winner of a wine, and I'm glad that you suggested that we drink. What it do you think of the episode. bottle? So the bottle, of- interesting, right? Hey, it looks like someone I was just- like <laughs> typed it. It's like one of those label makers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A black label or I'm sorry, not black. Label. Not Johnny Walker. Uh, it's a Burgundy label, colored label, or Bordeaux colored label. It just label. says saldo, and just says saldo in white letters. Creative uh, people, over super at the person or basic. Wine. It obviously on the wall of wines, like in the aisle. It like does that fit your would stick eye. out because it's, it looks. It doesn't have the big white wine yeah. label around the the whole portion of the bottle. So you just like say what? Like is this missing a label? So you could easily be drawn to grab that and take a look at it. In this case, simple is the is only better. Thing it doesn't have a lot of information on the back of the label. And I personally, if I'm going to find a label that is super simple, I want to see a little bit it more information. It does have a website, though, saldowine.com. Yeah, but I don't... Typically in grocery stores, my phone has been jacked up and it doesn't have service. <laughs> so I don't have the opportunity to look it up like while I'm shopping. Jamie's not technologically savvy like that. Dude, the last three days, my phone has told me no service, no fewer than five times. Ah. And I'm like, so I So, I
0: do want to say this. It's also from Rutherford.
1: Ruf- oh, my God. Yes. Why Please can't I speak, this. people? It's probably because I've drank, like, is most of Is it Rutherford the or Rutherford? I'm going to find out when okay. I go to Napa this year. Rutherford or Rutherford, California, <laughs> whatever, is a part
0: of Napa. Um, and what they say about this, this area is that the unique soil in the Rutherford slash Rutherford area <laughs> was once a riverbed. Um, and so, it produces wine that they call has a Rutherford dust. Yes. Which means that fruit and herb flavors are tinged with a mysterious and almost spicy element.
1: Damn! Mmm. Those marketers, they know what the <laughs> hell they're
0: doing. I need some of that dust in They've it. got a job for a reason. I know. So, no. I mean, I agree. I do think that it has like the spicy element and you oh, do get great. the fruit. Do you get any herb?
1: I don't know if it's just because like the power of like suggestion or what. I still feel more. I get smoky. a little bit. I feel more smoky. I more get a vanilla little bit undertone. What
0: is the what does the winemaker say about this wine? I, I, you may tell you or I don't know. Oh, it, this from Chrissy. It says it's a dark ruby oh, color yeah, yeah. and it has bold aromas of black licorice. Mm. I don't know if I get that. So I, was, I get the black pepper. Yes, I do too. Cherry and baking spice. I get that. Um, It's rich, full, and scintillating. I definitely get that. And that the palate is mouth-watering and smooth with a hint of chocolate.
1: Yeah, I could see like a dark cocoa. Yeah. uh, And I will say mouth-watering because my
0: mouth is like literally watering.
1: Yeah. But again, those tannins like balance it out. I mean, it's like it's watering, but you still feel like a little grippiness of a tannin. Well, they say here the finish is
0: (laughs) voluptuous with soft velvety... Tannins.
1: Um, I don't know how, s- there's, they're, they're they're not overpowering, they're... they're not in your face, but I still think that they're there. Like I just drank, I took a sip like what, 30, 40 seconds ago. I still feel the tannins do in my mouth. You? I Are do. you tingling? I'm very, it's very dry. Are you tingly? Am I tingly? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> My brain goes somewhere totally different. Uh, when sorry, you say I was so... not going there. I was talking uh, about but your... Anyway. Anyway. Um, Ladies. So, I... You know what? I like this quote from the winemaker, Chrissy Whitman. So, she says, Everyone brings something unique to the table, but at the end of the day, passion for our wines brings us together. And I think that we could kind of take that and translate it into... Our normal lives, I mean, I think that well, I think you and I have a great connection and I think that we bring a lot of different things to the table and to the glass <laughs> and to the podcast bitches. But again, like there is a passion. Everybody should have a passion for living and I think that this, you know, can again translate just remembering that everybody has a different experience and something else to contribute uh to what you're what you're doing in yeah. life in general. Most so. definitely. Wonderful. Thanks, everyone, for listening uh, to our second podcast with Saldo, uh, The Prisoner Wine. If you um, want to see what
0: we rated
1: the wine with our DBP rating,
0: please come visit us at our website, D- oh. Um If you have any comments, please email us at Dppcheers at gmail.com <laughs> or please visit our facebook site or, or instagram. instagram oh ladies i have had ladies and gentlemen we've had, had a had fair a amount a little of wine, of wine fair amount so as we can say we will close out episode two and thanks good. for listening pass the line pass the wine